High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to a very late edition of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where means our friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the slumber party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. And I say late because this is a late delivery, of course. I'm on vacation. I was in some places that did not have the best service, just able to post now. It'll be worth the wait, trust me. I hope you did your homework anyway, which is, of course, to always hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Of course, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I was on some podcasts recently on the Cage Club Podcast Network, which is our podcast network, which contains so many other great pop culture podcasts. I was recently on Too Fast, Too Forever, for two episodes, one, F8, not F9, we talked a lot of F9, and two, Talladega Nights. So check those episodes out. I was also on another podcast, of course, the awesome John Brooks podcast, Hard to Believe. And we talked another Gabriel Byrne movie. If you don't know who Gabriel Byrne is, you were kind of not alone. I knew of him, but now I know him a lot more. You know, I talked Stigmata the other day. But I talked End of Days with Joe Two and John Brooks. John Brooks is going to be on this podcast soon, so keep an ear out for him. And Joe Two as well, as you know. Anyway, all right. Homework for today was to watch The Craft. And to listen to the episode today, you're here, so that's good. And you might notice something, too, on the number of this episode. 250! We made it to 250 episodes. I can't believe it. We're not celebrating with a big blowout or anything, because I like to celebrate the hundreds, right? Because what does 250 represent? 25% to 1,000? That's kind of a scary number. I don't want to think of it like that. We'll celebrate with 300. I promise you that. But 250, still a big deal. And this is a celebration today, because I have two of my favorites, Jenny O'Connell and the co-host of High School Slumber Party AP, Island Addington. They're both here to talk a classic. It's good to save the really, really classic, iconic movies for the... Come on. It's our senior year, guys. The bells didn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Anyway, it's good to save these iconic movies for these awesome numbered episodes. I didn't plan it that way, but the universe did. It's our spooky month of October, and this is the perfect time to do it as well. So you ready for it? Should we do it? Pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother to sit me at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Let's leave you with a song off the awesome craft soundtrack, of which I have the vinyl too. I'm a Parks and Rec, Mark. <laughs> so I loved 
uh, Ben's love for this band. And the band is Letters to Cleo. The song is Dangerous Type. Class dismissed. Spooky month slumbers. We're, we're talking another. Uh, I guess it's a spooky movie. Yeah, it's a spooky movie. But it's not like I, I don't know. We'll get into it today. We're talking one you guys have asked me about a lot: the craft. And we have two very, very special guests with us today. First, my co-host on High School Slumber Party AP here. On regular High School Slumber Party, I, I guess we call it here. I don't think you've been on regular High School Slumber Party in a while, but does it matter? People hear you anyway if they listen to the same feed. This is a weird introduction, but Aislinn, welcome back to Regular High School Slumber Party. Hello, and thank you. I'm so excited to be back on Regular Slumber Party, and I (laughs) am also surprised, and in fact, I think I had convinced myself that you had already done the craft, because how could you do 200 episodes and not have covered this quintessentially 90s film. So I'm so happy to be here and was happy to revisit my youth this week. Oh, and I can't wait to talk about it. And, and you're right, people people get on me, but there are so many great movies. I haven't done Mean Girls. I haven't done 10 Things I Hate About You. Spacing it out, spacing it out. But yes, it's a long time coming, The Craft. And of course, we have good friend and friend of the program, Jenny O'Connell here. Hey. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me on this craft episode. And Aislinn, do we do the High School Slumber Party intro? Let's do it because this is, what do, what do you call a class that's not AP? Hmm. I feel like just like a regular class. Just regular? I like, I don't know. I'm in regular math. Like I'm in regular history. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, but no, you're in senior year, right? Or junior year? Senior year, yes. Senior year, yeah. So, you know, it's fall term of senior year. There's still <laughs> critically important classes. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. The regular classes count too. Yeah, absolutely. So on High School Slumber Party, as a reminder, we just say name, uh, high school, high school team name, and whatever else. So I already gave you introductions, but now I'm OCD about it. So Aislinn, you go first, and then Jenny. Sure. So I, I'm Aislinn. I use she, her pronouns, and I went to Hellgate High School in Missoula, Montana, named after the Hellgate Canyon, uh, which is where the high school is, and our mascot was the knight I the forgot, I forgot that that was the name of your high school it's yeah. so sinister and you expect yeah. like a name that's appropriate for hellgate high yeah, school it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a cool name of a high school for sure and then the the knights helps with like there's a lot of sort of a word play to be had like prom theme wise right a night to remember Tropical Nights was an act, or Night in Paradise, pardon me, with the tropical theme was a prom theme. Yeah, there was room for some fun with nice. um, with those things. Nice. And Jenny? Hey, uh, Jenny, I use 
they them pronouns. I went to Hingham High School, which sounds less badass than Hellgate. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> named after Hingham. Uh, the mascot was the Harborman. I still think they should have been called the Seaman because I think it's hilarious <laughs> and it was a missed opportunity. But also I, I wasn't really big on school spirit or my town, which is kind of like the, the American version of the town in the movie Hot Fuzz, if you want a visual of Hingham. Nice. Of course, of course, the Harborman. How could I forget that one as nope. well? <laughs> so we're talking the craft today. Island, what is your history with this film? I'm assuming it's not the first time you've seen it. Oh my, no. I guessed when I texted you while I was watching it that I would say dozens of times. I don't want to say hundreds because I feel like that could be hyperbolic and there's other movies I've seen more. But certainly this was in regular rotation at small gatherings as well as just individually that like, 1995 to 97 98 like those like that's my half decade of of things that I've seen over and over again um certainly then you have like the Nev Campbell of it all the Robin Tunney of it all and so yes this was in rotation I was not a uh, I don't want to say I was never like respectfully involved in anything Wiccan related and I was off the kind of main track enough that like people would get me books or I don't know. I had a couple of witchy books, if you will. I had some, you know, tarot card things. I had some candles, but most of that was like gifted to me. Yeah, I love, but I do love a little magic in my life. So I've been a fan for a long time. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? My follow-up question today is, would you ever have considered yourself to be one who partook in the Gothic lifestyle? I, again, I don't want to pretend to be cooler or more committed to things than I am. I think like many, also, okay, keep in mind, we're in Missoula, Montana in this time in the 90s. And so not a lot of opportunity. I had Doc Martens, like the, like the boot, like the full mm -hmm. two years before anyone else at my middle school had them. Nice. So like, I think I had some elements of, of a little bit of goth, a little bit of grunge, but I couldn't get away with a whole look um, gotcha. in part because my mother would not have let me leave the house <laughs> in a, in a stylized manner. <laughs> so I think I, I would say I had some accessories, but I would not have fit in with folks that were actually in, in a subculture. I was not nearly cool enough. I, I was a band nerd, but I still love my most dark purple of lipsticks. <laughs> so you were, you were at least goth friendly, a goth ally. Oh yes, I want, yes. And, and that's a good point. I had a couple of friends in high school that were definitely much more serious and sort of faithful to the uh, subculture. And I loved to be adjacent to that, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my nerdy way at that point. <laughs> okay, Jenny, what is first your history with the craft? Well, history with the craft. I mean, this is a very common experience that I've realized that like scientists might like be like, huh, is this gay? And me being like, yeah, yeah, this definitely is of like being drawn to things because of their DVD color cover and being like, <laughs> 
oh, like four really like hot ladies in a Catholic uniform mm-hmm. seems neat for unexplained reasons. Let me watch this. And like, I definitely remember being like um, at my grandparents' house in the Cape too and like sneaking when it came on TV, like after I saw the, the movie and I was like, ooh, you're on TV now. So like definitely in high school, I think it was like 15 or 16 when I saw The Craft. So like, you know, I was just very much, it became an, in a rotation, you know, for a while I tried to be like heterosexual reasons, witches are just fascinating. <laughs> but that's, that's a little bit of my history with it. I don't know if it's presumptuous to like leap to your questions and be like, <laughs> no, no, it's not presumptuous at all. Did, did you ever partake in the Gothic lifestyle growing up? I mean, I did, but I was never, I was never as cool as like Nancy. Like I was not that level of goth because like our options were like a hot topic at a mall and express. And I'm like, okay, like I worked with what I I had, but I wouldn't say that I was like a cool goth. I would just say that I shopped at hot topic a lot and wore black and like the bands, like I listened to Robert Smith, the cure, like I love the cure. The cure is just like <laughs> the shit. But I also was very much those like that annoying high schooler. That's like, I listened to the clash and I'm better than you. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you dress like someone from the craft as a Halloween costume once? Yes. Yeah, I, I vaguely yeah. remember that. Yeah, I dressed up as Nancy. Nice. <laughs> you know, like, what a badass. I know we'll get into it. And I did forget to mention that, surprisingly, the craft was not my introduction to witchcraft. I do have to give credit to Buffy for that. Because I definitely had, like, sure. a witchcraft phase in middle school, like, trying to figure out stuff. And then I was like, ah, nah. But still, you know, like, I appreciate witches. I know some some people who are Wiccans. I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's a fun time for you. Not for me, though. But yeah, I guess Buffy and the craft can help make me gay, but I have to give credit where credit's due. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. My history with the craft is, I don't think, as cool. So I grew up in Family Boys. We didn't really rent this movie. But a lot of my cousins who were girls and friends who were girls loved this movie. And I would watch it at their house, and I was so drawn to it specifically the light as a feather stiff as a board thing always stuck with me and i remember significantly in middle school getting kidnapped by a a group of young ladies who tried to put hexes on me from based on this movie and (laughs) that's pretty much my memory of the craft i believe i covered it for another podcast on Yes, I did. For on uh, the Cage Club Podcast Network, Wistful Thinking, I was a guest there. Haven't seen it since then. You know, I have my thoughts. I own the soundtrack on vinyl. I'm pointing to my vinyl like people who can listen can see what I'm doing. But (laughs) I have the soundtrack on vinyl. I I was waiting for this moment, though. I I was waiting. Little behind the curtain uh, slumbers. I don't really watch high school movies unless I have to for this podcast. Mind you, that's twice a week usually. And I do watch the classics time and time again. But if I know I'm going to cover something, I hold out as long as possible until the movie. So it's been years since I watched The Craft. So excited, really excited to talk about it today. If you're somehow not familiar with this film, every week I do read the back of the DVD 
VHS, whatever it is, found, I guess, a VHS picture online. So here goes. This is annoying, too, because it's like a print where I I have pretty bad vision. I can hardly see when it, it see this like uh, orange part with the words. Oh, like hardly... yeah. yeah. That's irritating. That's not, yeah. that's not accessible. Yeah. No. Bad 90s printing. But here goes. Bad 90s. <laughs> Sarah has always been different. So as a newcomer at St. Benedict's Academy, she immediately falls in with the high school outsiders. But these girls won't settle for being a group of powerless misfits. They have discovered the craft, and they're going to use it. That's it. I mean, really, yeah. crit- critics are spellbound, whatever, but... <laughs> I was a little mesmerized by the DVD cover that felt very like the Beatles, but like with hot goth girls. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, the Beatles with hot goth girls? Um, way to upgrade that. But like, <laughs> I think that's like, it's like a very succinct, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the plot. Yeah, it's strange. I was, I have the IMDb pulled up and it's also short, but just, like a different angle so in contrast uh, imdb says a newcomer to a catholic prep school falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft they soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them you know they didn't really play up the catholic school thing as much there wasn't like a religious dogma against yeah i mean they were in they were in service during yeah. school yeah they had a mass and like the uniforms which like i love the uniforms but every single one of them would have had detention in like a real catholic 100%. school like yeah. <laughs> but those Fair uniforms enough. are iconic i support them but just for realism i'm like ooh, that's not a real catholic school but go off you know like, <laughs> that like nun teaching biology like i'm like okay I-, I just felt like they didn't go into the dogma so much which i'm fine with I see. yeah Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So quick production notes. I thought there'd be more production notes and and there weren't. There were some, but it wasn't so much in terms of like how this movie came to be. Um, Basically, two dudes decided to (laughs) come up with a movie about witchcraft in high school. And they hired the director, Andrew Fleming, to write it and produce it. And he's since done a couple other movies like Mm -hmm. Dick, Nancy Drew. Um, nothing Hamlet crazy. Too, right? Hamlet, Hamlet, Hamlet too. too. I was going to say, which we are oh. covering here in High School Slumber Party. So no. that's probably like the gem of his thing. But he's not. I wouldn't call Andrew Fleming a, a known name. This is such a, for lack of a better word, like <laughs> this is something I read too. So I'm, I'm like quoting such like a '90s like girl power movie. Like at least the perception, right? And almost everyone behind the scenes is a guy. So found that interesting. The new one, which, you know, we'll talk about later, they, they tried to have a lot more women creators behind it. But I don't know. This is one of those films that, again, I everyone of my generation seems to know and love. I don't know if, like, old people have ever watched The Craft, or older than that, I should say. Or And I'm not sure how many Gen Zers have watched The Craft, you know? I feel like it's in that niche. Am I wrong with that, you think? Hmm. You know, my sample... It- I have a small sample set, but I, having worked on a campus from like 2016 to early 2020, it was very interesting to me what my students or what the students around me would like bring to me as like, I found this cool thing that's old, like friends, right? Friends has become, has a whole life with multiple generations after us. 
And so I was like, well, I used to watch Friends on Thursday nights with commercials. And they were just like, you saw it when it was on TV? <laughs> I did. I'm very old. <laughs> and so we sort of would play a game with each other sometimes of like, do you know this? Do you know that? And it was honestly hit or miss. Like there were folks that that liked it in a, I don't know, like nostalgic sort of almost not making fun of it, but like a little bit like caricature way, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and then other people who had no idea what I was talking about. That's not a good answer, but I think there are folks who have stumbled across it and whether that's because they're more into, you know, various genre or, or certainly I, I, I was the director of a women's center. So we were pretty witchy from time to time and, and company ourselves. So, um, I would bring it up sometimes as a, I don't, I don't like the phrase girl power, but in that, like, like in a, when we were talking about like fem, the power of feminine energy, Ooh, that's it was better. something that yeah. would come to my mind and would either be a blank stare or like an, oh yeah, I've seen that old movie. <laughs> wow. No, that's great insight. Yeah. That's amazing insight. Cause I kind of had a feeling of what you were saying, but wasn't sure. It's really important for people born in a certain set of years yes. and maybe not to other people. So uh, I think Eisen will touch on that a little bit more on AP when we talk about the sequel. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> something that made this film, I don't know, so important, at least to me, or like at least in the culture to me growing up, was these four leads here. It, it, it was very distinct. Like, I'll be on my deathbed and remember the, the, what this poster looks like, you know? 100%. With oh, yeah, four, absolutely. With the four young witches, just like, and, and their looks... So let's talk about this cast. Jenny, you kind of tipped your hand, but of the four, who's your favorite and why? Ooh, well, spoiler alert, I have a tie. So, <laughs> oh, get bet you didn't see that coming. But I do <laughs> love, like, re-watching this. Gotta say, I really appreciated Rachel True a lot more. And I was just like, damn, like, justice for her. Like, I've heard Agreed. some things about... Her being left out of conventions and like, you know, people just being like racist pieces of shit. And I'm like, have you not watched the movie? Do you not care about your hair falling out? Like, she will do that to you. <laughs> that should happen to you because holy shit, what a, a treasure and gem. So like, you know, that's one. The other tip my hand, also tip in the hand that I don't know how to pronounce her name very well. So Feruza, Feruza I don't yeah, know how to Feruza say Ball. it. Yeah. Bulk, yes. Feruza I've looked Bulk. it up. Yeah. Past. Yeah. She is just like iconic. And honestly, I know it wasn't going to get nominated for an Oscar, but like she should have won the Oscar for this. Like her performance is like legendary. No one can touch it. Like you can't imitate Nancy. <laughs> that character is just so fascinating. And she brought like a lot of like ferocity but also vulnerability to it and just made her so interesting and like likable i know this is another thing too but i feel like if we lived in a better world she should have played harley quinn in a movie Ooh, i could she would have been so good like it would have been like heath ledger levels of like iconic margot robbie is lovely no shade to her but i'm just like Rusa was right there guys like <laughs> Yeah, I'm certainly not a Harley Quinn expert, but my understanding is there's really a variety of, you know, sort of different 
ways to imagine her. Like, yeah. right, there's different sort of oh, totally roads you could go go down. And the Margot Robbie one is is one, but like, yeah, like the black and white jester style. Yeah. I feel like that would be great. I agree. I'm feeling, it. I'm feeling right? it. I just wish she had a better career. I don't know if like Adam Sandler put a curse on her after The Water Boy because that's <laughs> the last movie I remember seeing her in. So I'm just like, man. Isn't she also a like a recording artist? Isn't she a oh is she a band? <laughs> I think kind. so. Oh, shit. I, I think so. I mean, okay. <laughs> Calling me. No, I don't know. I just think she also has a music career. And I, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that has anything to do with her not. Yeah. Doing I more, but, but I, I believe at one point she was busy doing that. Well, I mean, I'll have to check her out because, again, I'm not meaning to be shady. I really like her acting. I haven't heard any of her music, so I'm just like, man. We talked about her a little bit when we covered Almost Famous here. Um, she's in a ton of stuff. Oh, though. right. Okay, so she was at least in that good because, like, I do remember that. I For whatever reason, I thought Waterboy came out after then, so it was like... <laughs> <laughs> Glad that Adam Sandler did not curse her because she deserves nice things is my point to that little... Like, I, I know as a child, she played Dorothy in Return to Oz, the very trippy sequel to The Wizard of Oz. That's how she came onto the mainstream. So Iceland, who who is your favorite of the coven? Or maybe no one. Maybe Skeet Ulrich is your favorite. I hope not. But no. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely, I had a Skeet phase. Like, let's, I can't <laughs> pretend that. And I was, I will tell you, my heart was warmed to see Breckenmeyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like he was well used, but that's another conversation. I I think I'm going to have to be a little bit basic and go with Sarah on this. I love Robin Tunney. I had forgotten how iconic her voice is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And how not a 16-year-old high school girl's voice was that. No, that, that, like this is a this is a woman's voice coming through the screen and most of it in ADR, which is <laughs> difficult for me but i uh, i had forgotten like how the presence of her and of that voice and i and this will you know likely come up in other references later but like empire records was a very close to my heart film and i love her in that so part of my love for her in this is because it's so contrast in some ways and in parallels and others that role so i i do have to give it to sarah here and i'm so glad jenny that you called out rachel true i i agree and watching it back this time i was like it's not cool that i don't know what else i mean at the time she was in other things and i think she was a friend or a background or like she was mm. part of kind of other teen things but i think she is amazing to look at in this movie and acts it really well like she has some particularly around the swim team and the racism stuff. Like she has some hard work to do and she does it beautifully. So if we're allowing ties, I will also have a tie. Yeah. It just means <laughs> neither of us picked poor Nev, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that this is her best performance. Yeah. I mean, I love Nev, but oh, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the four are great. Like I love all four, yes. you know, and Robin, this is, this is a hot take. But Google also was not able to answer this for me, so it's fine. I guess Robin Tunney is straight, so she reminds me of K-Stu. So it's like she's like the straight Kristen Stewart. Like, she's okay. like the prototype. Like, unless she's not. If she's not, I'll be really happy to hear that. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you know, I'm just like, nobody's perfect. I get it. 
she's got a great voice though like i love that you brought up her voice like yeah i want her to read books to me at night yes <laughs> uh, agreed <laughs> couple notes i want to hit on with first just on this watch and on the recent watch that i did again recent couple years ago that was something so noticeable to me how our, our core four here yes we're seeing this through sarah's eyes really but they're like a core four here. There's not like a less than. I love all their storylines. And and the Rachel True thing, I do want to get into because that's like where there's like the most background notes. She was left out of a lot of promotional material. She wasn't invited to the MTV Movie Awards when all three of them, the other three were. How fucked up is that? Like fucked up. Yeah, real fucked up. Like, and th- she was like heartbroken by this. Uh, we covered her in another movie uh, of indie film by Gregor Racky called Nowhere, which she was great in that. Um, she ended up doing Half-Baked, which is, was a pretty popular film. But if anyone doesn't believe that this racism existed in Hollywood, it's here. It's there. Yeah, yeah is, I, don't, I don't know yeah. why there's a, there's a past tense on that, even. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. If you want to read, guys, I just Google like Rachel True and the Craft. It goes on and on here. So one thing, Feruza Balk had a reputation before this as kind of like a like a like a bad girl reputation or whatever mm. and rachel true's agent actually said you don't hang out with her you avoid her you do not act like her or you will be fired from this movie which is another like level of racism oh. because it's like what the hell <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah policing her mm-hmm. off camera in a way that the others are not or even just saying you can't get away with what she can get away with right without yeah. saying that that's that's really upsetting. Yeah, I, I think I'm sure many a, a thesis has been written of like who is allowed to be unlikable and who's allowed mm. to be difficult. And even, you know, gender wise, I you know, like random example, like Russell Crowe, right, is difficult or has been labeled yeah. that is working. But like Sean Young, right, difficult, not working. Catherine Heigl. So it's I think it's gender, but absolutely race as well. Clearly, that's that's shitty. Let's, after this, I'm going to go to all my social medias and follow Rachel True if she's available anywhere, which I know is meaningless, but also like, I want to do something. Yeah. I want to tell her how good she was. I know she deserves better. Absolutely. Because yeah, I feel like that movie doesn't work without her character. Agreed. And like, she was so good in it and to know that like she was dealing with a bunch of racist bullshit i'm just like wow you can fuck right off i guess (laughs) so shitty so the character was actually written as white as i imagine most things were at the time unfortunately Um, and they added that uh racist element to the script Hmm. just to i don't know to work with that dynamic whatever it's just interesting that they made that choice which should not be a brave choice because she freaking earned her role here and she's awesome mm. or anything like that and, and that the people even behind the film weren't like wait a minute why are the three being invited to things right. and not her yeah. like it, it's just so d- disappointing to read so we move on to the others though feruza balk already we've talked about her a little bit though one other cool fact that i wanted to mention was that she really got into the research of this film and actually bought a witchcraft store in oh, hollywood that she was like spending a lot of time at and she owned it for like a good 10 years so 
Way to like take your money and buy a small business and support yeah. <laughs> support your right. research. I hope it looked like the bookstore in the movie because like so <laughs> that would be great. I hope that the sequel or the reimagining whatever it is, I haven't watched it yet, has that bookstore. And instead of all those things that she purchased being twenty dollars, that they would be like, okay, one hundred and twelve, please. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. A, hard, a hardback book, a softback, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Stop it, twenty dollars. Oh, no. We we can get into this like later on. Math in this movie doesn't make sense. There's a lot of it that I'm just like, I don't know. That sounds like math. I don't what is this? Nev Campbell, we mentioned uh they basically casted her off a party of five because Robin Tunney was actually cast as Bonnie originally. Huh? Uh, they had so many people go through for this Sarah role couldn't decide on anyone including people like Angelina Jolie Alicia Silverstone eventually they decided they convinced Robin Tunney to take the Sarah role she didn't want to take it uh, originally but I don't know maybe they threw more money at it I'm not sure see a universe where those two were flip-flopped yeah no absolutely I don't I don't you know I like the way it is I think I'm glad that things worked out the way they did because I think Sarah's a more interesting role but I could definitely see her doing the Bonnie bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think she could pull it off. I mean, I think, like, Angelina Jolie as Sarah would have, like, made Sarah, like, a little more, like, like I don't know, it's so different from just, like, ooh, I'd love <laughs> to see that universe of, like, her as uh, Sarah and then Robin as Bonnie. I'm sorry, Nev. Nev seems like a very lovely person. <laughs> but, ooh. <laughs> the other big note on Robin Tunney is that she, of course, wearing a wig, the entire time because mm-hmm. as you mentioned Iceland Empire Records filmed it right before filming this so yeah had to yeah oh, I love Empire Records and like it would have been cool if she just like got to rock the the like buzz like yeah you know that would have that would have been pretty sweet but I get it I mean I think the the wig has been pointed out to me over the years so I don't know if this is just an effect where like because I know it I clock it or if I just like you know like wasn't it like if it's a good wig or not i think it's better than wigs in twilight <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know that's a pretty low bar so yeah well you're both big drag race fans so i, I don't know what the, how the wig game was in, <laughs> in this movie but yeah i think the other thing is anytime you see someone on tv or in a movie they have at least a partial wig on yeah very period. very fair yeah. so like it's all right it's all it's mm-hmm. all a glamour but yeah, I do. I do love wig watch in my life. It's a good time. <laughs> now, uh, we brought him up before, but Skeet Ulrich plays Chris in this film. Island, do, do you have anything to say on the, on the Skeet Ulrich factor? Weren't you watching Riverdale for a while as well, too? Like, he was in that, I think, right? I was. That was one of... Mm, okay. <laughs> I can't speak to anything beyond season one. I started it on season two, and then I was like, oh, no, thank you. But yes, as a summer watch, one time when summer a couple of years ago, I was like, I sexy teens and mystery, I'm in. <laughs> and then my what I loved was that all of their parents were people that I loved from my youth, mm-hmm. right? So you have Luke Perry, Molly Ringwald, uh, Shelly from Twin Peaks. Oh, Matchin Amick, another person whose name I can't pronounce, but yes. love her. Yes and skeet and i was just i yeah i this is my face when he came on screen and i don't know why because i can't even really point to exactly i mean obviously there's scream there's this i don't know what but i don't like i don't know 
it's just skeet is such a moment for me. Um, <laughs> I hope he's having a good time these days. Don't know what he's up to, but I think he perfectly encapsulated gross high school boy. Mm, yeah. I agree. I yeah. Agree. He did that very well in the movie. You know, his character earned his demise, certainly from what we see on screen and what we're told happened prior. So yeah, I mean, as a, as a sacrificial lamb, I'm here for it. And then we have a Breckenmeyer, who we mentioned, probably should be a high school slumber party hall of famer because he, uh, just his appearances and things. Oh, Christine Taylor, I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Speaking for- of wigs. Right? I know. But she she's a delight. She did a, a real good job in this role. I was very impressed. I'm like, you played a racist bitch real well. Like, good for you. <laughs> was this right around the time that she did the Brady Bunch Cool. if it was 96 maybe that's like, what i always see yeah, when i watch this because yeah. i just yeah. see her brady impression oh god yeah. i love her her as marcia it's just like <laughs> so good I'm like, i feel like she's same. very underrated as a comedic actress like, yeah all I mean, around the busy, same time busy taking yeah. care of ben stiller oh yeah <laughs> so <laughs> Islin, you mentioned friends though before mm-hmm. Christine Taylor famously had like a couple episode arc on Friends around the same time where she also was bald. So I, I'm wondering Bonnie. if like, yeah, as Bonnie, different Bonnie than in this film. So I was wondering, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I guess she just was bald for a little bit or. No, she was absolutely not bald on Friends. It was absolutely a bald cap. You could really um, tell. You could 100%. really tell. And it was the thing where like, it was a throwaway line of like, Phoebe has all these wild friends and like her friend. And I I promise you the first time she says it, she says my friend Abby who's bald. Um, but then it turns into Bonnie's bald, but that's maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, she wasn't, she was known to be bald off screen. And then there's one episode where she appears, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely not bald. I think she is somewhere in between because that was definitely a wig. I think it was done by the same wig person that did Robin's probably in this film. But again, everybody's everybody's wearing wigs it's what all the cool kids do blew my mind with the abby thing just looked it up and confirmed it as someone who's really someone who's won friends trivia nights before blew my mind all right (laughs) back to the craft (laughs) that's crazy well you need me on your team clearly (laughs) the only other thing i want to mention about production we can talk about whatever scenes we want was that in the original script it was very much depicted as Sarah having all the power and all the other witches were just kind mm. of leeching off her power, more or less. Or just, it was like their power is just a creation of Sarah. Um, eventually, I think that was changed during filming. It doesn't certainly doesn't seem that way as we're watching it. But I just wanted to leave that in in case it, it comes up or whatever. But... Let's talk the craft. Let's talk uh, favorite scenes, favorite moments. We can go from beginning to end. We can go from anywhere. We can go just from how you feel. So whoever wants to start, let's do it. I'm struck by what you just said, that originally it was Sarah as the natural witch, which we sort of, I believe, as the audience are led to understand and believe that, you know, she she says to these other young women that she's had these kind of strange coincidences in life, and but she didn't really channel it until with them i'm torn because i do i love an accountability i love a comeuppance kind of thing and so i i think nancy's journey as 
you know, sort of the absolute power corrupts absolutely kind of thing is great. And yet also, if I take a step back further, understanding that, you know, everyone behind the scenes was probably dudes, then I have questions about like, okay, so these women got too powerful. So then there had to be consequences for them. Mm. And that reading of it then like makes it less fun. <laughs> yeah. And I am the fun sucker. So I, I'll, I'll take that. But so I'm, I'm sort of um, struggling with myself there because I, I do love an accountability. That's why I love reunion shows of reality shows because I love it. It's like, look at the tape. You did say that, you know, Um, I wish I had that in real life. Right. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) I just wish that I had like Shay Coulee, like in my friend group in real life who could just like, when I'm too anxious to like confront someone who's done me wrong, that like, you know, they could just be like, do I look upset? And I'd be like, (laughs) oh, oh, check this. Always. I mean, yes. Shay Coulee next to me would make everything better. Right. But yeah, so I, I guess I put that on the table as like, is that, I don't know, is that come up for anybody else or like yeah. what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's that's something that does bother me with the ending for Nancy because I think a better thing of accountability would be like giving her character help instead of just like stigmatizing mental illness because it's pretty clear in the movie that it's like, she has some like legitimate struggles that like her her like stepdad's abusive and like Mm -hmm. you know it's implied like emotionally you know physically like to her mom like that's a lot of Mm -hmm. trauma so she's got like trauma depression economic struggles you know no one at school is really like being supportive besides her like two friends that she feels like she's in like danger of losing and like you know she has this reputation that's like yeah like I mean like the slut shaming I'm just like damn that's like adding that and then being like oh she got too powerful now is in a mental institution yeah let's let's knock her down and it's like you know I don't think she was wrong about Chris I mean her that scene we can talk about it but you know she wasn't wrong in the movie which is like I think she just like went about things in the the incorrect way but like a better accountability narrative would have been like yeah we get nancy like a therapist and like (laughs) you know friends don't abandon her necessarily i guess two dudes being like you know nah that sounds like too much work to put in a a movie like strap her to the bed (laughs) with like the the black underwear like slightly showing where i'm just like man y'all gotta be like that rude (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we were talking about, yeah, like trauma-informed interventions in 1996, likely. (laughs) No, definitely not. But they didn't kill her off, which I'm I'm glad for. And I, again, I know nothing about the movie, but I clicked on uh, Frieza Balk just to see, like she does, she has 54 IMDb credits. So I I call Mm -hmm. that a a good career. Yeah. And it included Craft Legacy. So. Oh, oh spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but that's, all, that's how I know things. Is from. <laughs> so I'm excited to see her in the next one. Or you can take it out if you don't want people to know, but. Eh, whatever. Uh, I, I, look, um, I look forward to it. So the weirdest thing to me as watching this in 2021 was that like, I'm following this cool group of women and things are going awesome. They're getting empowered like this and then they turn on each other mm. and i'm like i, I don't know it, I, I wish that they would 
make other people the bad guys because i was liking the, the this friend group i was liking this friend dynamic right yeah. i didn't need i hate how the final boss battle is between themselves mm-hmm. rather than some other evil force which could have easily been done and you know you mentioning that island um in terms of like these men creating this and jenny what you're saying about like oh maybe too much they had too much power and let's you know destroy that like that makes me a little sad. Yeah. Kind of sad. yeah. I, I will say the, the part that, again, because I do have a soft spot for comeuppance, that <laughs> in kind of the aftermath, when the other two kind of come to talk to Sarah and she sort of doesn't tip her hand right away and they're like, oh, well, clearly she lost her powers too. And like that there's still kind of after the power, like there is something satisfying about that, that mm. like, no, no, Sarah, like, this is actually part of her. This is not her, this is not a phase. This is not a, um, something she's kind of playing with. It's, it's truly part of her. And yes, I agree with you, Brian, that a, a better approach would be an external enemy that they had to vanquish together and then mm-hmm. could decide what to do from that point on. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, yeah, like, you know, Nancy, as it is portrayed is, you know, sort of drunk with power or whatever else you want to say. And like, yeah, maybe, maybe there did need to be something to kind of realign her with the original I say, goal of what they were doing. But yeah, I think there could be much more creative and interesting ways without kind of dethroning the other three. Right. I think it's really interesting to explore uh, friendships with women. There is like being like, oh, right. Like close knit groups there's like infighting and like things can get toxic and like you know not every friend group is healthy in your life and I think that's like a good thing to explore but not two dudes writing that that's like where I'm like hmm hmm really (laughs) like you know about the the inner workings of what it's like to be friends with a bunch of other young women in high school navigating what it's like to exist in the patriarchy where your views are like dismissed and devalued and you get a little taste of freedom and get a little too drunk like I'm just like you know that oh great (laughs) so I I agree with both of you that it would have been I mean granted I wouldn't want these dudes to just like write some sort of like Jordan Peterson like the patriarchy you know simplified thing but it's like yeah it it is it is a bummer I do appreciate that Sarah had some boundaries in that last scene especially when you like take witchcraft and make it like a queerness metaphor you're like oh yeah this is part of her Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is be gay (laughs) so favorite moments iconic moments iconic scenes things that you were happy to see again or maybe things you were disappointed about this time i I was happy i mean there's so much that i i remembered lines i remembered whole scenes that i didn't realize i had memorized (laughs) like it was all kinds of good nostalgia for me i could picture like my childhood bedroom and like sitting there with friends watching it and things. And one part that I just, I found delightful because because I thought it was funny originally as well, the beginning of the fun and games part when they're realizing that some of what they've called for in the universe is like just the beginning of it transpiring and that Chris is kind of following Sarah around and, and that he seems confused by it. And like that, you know, as, as through the hallway and into the chapel and stuff, like the way that that's played, 
I think is probably one of my favorite little sequences of, you know, then handing him her books. And then she's like, no, 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 sit down. And just like, she's so patronizing to him. And that is what he deserves. And that he is just kind of just a lost puppy. I think he plays that so well as well. And the other friends are like, what's happening? So that I remember laughing at a lot as a youth. And um, I was still delighted by, I was surprised and I don't know. They're pretty cavalier about suicide in this, Mm. um, in a way that, that I was like, oh gosh, that's, I don't know. That could be, I don't know. Like part of it is, I think it's great that the, her new friends are like accepting and just like, oh, okay. That's, that's part of who you are. But the weight, I don't know. I would do it differently. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's funny. It's like, I feel like when, you know, it's like revealed that like Sarah has the the scars and Nancy's just like punk rock. Like yeah. that's simultaneously like really horrible, but also like very teenage thing yeah. to say. That it's just like, oh, punk rock. Let's just go shoplift at a Wiccan store. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah, like, I love that I don't she's think accepted. It's, yeah, like it's not responsibly handled when yeah. it comes to like showing things where I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't show the things, but yeah. like we can talk about them. Or- and the, like the flashbacks and things. Like, yeah, I think it's, again, it was, it is someone without that set of experiences writing about what it would be like to be a teenage girl with suicidal ideation and so I think it could be done so much better I'm not saying to take it out right but yeah with a 2021 lens I was like "Ooh, that that hits a little different Mm. so those are my two highs a high and a low yeah definitely and the good old five finger discount to (laughs) with the uh with the stealing (laughs) how about you Jenny anything uh really that stuck out I mean well yeah there are so many like iconic lines like the the we are the weirdos mister like that oh. bus scene i love and that, that shot bus. i love that shot yeah <laughs> fucking incredible I love like there's a lot of cinematic rain in this movie where it's just like torrential downpours and I'm like yes love that (laughs) I mean there's like I know that like his character is a jerk but like the whole like she's gonna cry and I'm gonna cry and we're all gonna cry like it gets me the way he says it I'm just like wow what a little shit but also that line delivery was perfect and same with, uh, there's a good Rochelle line about Nancy being white trash. What was it? Oh, yeah. oh my God. I you know, like, sorry, sweetie, you're white. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> so good. I mean, I loved the the racist comeuppance. It is a little, I think it's like a little like problematic in a way to like, I guess, yeah, the whole like, ooh, three's coming back to you accountability where I'm just like, Rochelle just wanted her abuser to shut the fuck up. Like, I'm like, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I think, like, the the fall, like, the descent could have been explained better of, like, being like, well, why, why is this character who's, like, been really supportive and, like, really chill for all the movies suddenly just, like, being real cruel for no reason where I'm just like, come on. I don't know. It's, it's a weird message to send, especially because I'm assuming that, like, no one in this film 
is black <laughs> like it behind the scenes so i'm just like huh so it's like yeah that i mean there's a lot of slow-mo walks that i appreciate <laughs> like the fashion is so good in this movie like i've said it before oh, yeah. but like like nancy i think has the best wardrobe out of all of them like that like pvc trench coat is just like it's a moment it's everything that like dress she wears towards the end with like the pointy boots with like that whole scene which i'm totally down to talk about but like uh man what a what a good movie <laughs> like so many moments what did you think of the bonnie character obviously played by nev campbell but her whole thing is that i guess she has these scars and she wants to she doesn't feel pretty i suppose mm-hmm. Uh, she wants to get rid of the scars right is that what it is yeah 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 i mean she wants she doesn't feel beautiful she wants to feel beautiful and we're to understand that kind of she sees that the scars are in her way like that that is that is why she's not beautiful and i i think they do kind of as all the fashion evolves as they become more empowered then like you see bonnie shedding layers and and i do think nev does a great job of being kind of closed at the beginning and kind of just really keeping everything covered. And then as the um, kind of the barrier between what she wants, like who she is and who she wants to be kind of goes away as the scars do, then she's, she's uncovered and, and unfortunately also like kind of becomes vain and becomes uh, engages her, not selfish is not the word I want, but like surface, Mm. what am i trying to say superficiality oh my gosh yeah. i've lost all my words <laughs> oh no it's cool um which i i think happens right i mean that yeah when i have a goal and something is in my way and i sort of you know vanquish it for whatever reason like yeah sometimes the universe kind of knocks me back into perspective about things right i think the thing with that too is like this is also a universe where like she is Nev Campbell and exists as Nev Campbell. And somehow everyone in that movie is looking at her like she's not Nev Campbell. So there was like already a little bit of just being like, okay, like she's wearing baggy sweaters and her hair is kind of greasy for the beginning. But like, she's still Nev Campbell. Like she's still a certified babe. I don't know what y'all are are doing. And then like, I think there was a little inconsistency sometimes with like towards like the middle end where like I know she's like revealing more but like I'm like oh no her scars aren't fully healed yet so this is interesting like did the editor Mm -hmm. you know make a mistake continuity my friends Mm -hmm. like what's good but I do actually have like a lot of empathy for that character because I think that it's like problems that teenage girls struggle with are so diminished but it's like we live in a world that rewards a specific kind of beauty and if you don't fit in that then it's like we treat people like garbage so it's not like a a like frivolous concern it's like yeah like having low self-esteem like really is damaging and like I grew up with like medical scars from surgery so it's like I totally feel that like it is a, a bit weird though where it's like Hollywood is part of the reason why people with scars feel like they're monsters mm. or it's just like Oh, yeah, that's probably like not super helpful in representation. Yeah, I'm hoping that the the next iteration of this is able to have to demonstrate otherness in different ways. Yeah, because like, I, I do think it's like, like, again, a little shitty where I'm just like, 
she she just wanted to not have scars and like I get that you know like I know that's like she gets characterized as like being vain and I'm just like okay let let baby get a little bit drunk like maybe don't be a douchebag but like she was feeling her oats I don't see <laughs> yeah. a problem with that like as a concept where I'm like cool totally. you know and she just like she cat called a dude and suddenly they're like you're a slut and I'm just like maybe don't cat call people but like right. hardly <laughs> hardly a monster in that sense I don't know what what, what do you think Brian oh I mean I I had a similar feelings in terms of I wasn't sure I was more curious of what you guys felt about it because it was a character who I could see some people really empathizing with. And I could also see today, uh, you mentioned it, Jenny, like the whole, how it could be a little bit problematic as well with the way they're depicting it. Um, I've, I've read some things where a lot of people with uh, body dysmorphia have related to this character a lot. Yeah. I was just kind of curious um, your thoughts because I feel like it's the character talked about the least probably uh, maybe Rachel True back in the day, but now, yeah. <laughs> now I think it's the character talked about the least, and it's Nev Campbell for God's sakes. And, I know, and I poor like Nev. Like, <laughs> sorry, Nev. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to bring up a couple of iconic moments, and again, if I skip one, please fill it in. I mentioned the light as a feather, stiff as a board scene before. Again, I loved watching this scene this time as well because it was just like it's the first time you see that kind of magic and I don't, I don't know how to describe it but it's like almost like board game magic like mm -hmm. i see myself as a kid with my friends hoping something magical would happen yeah it's that it urban happened. legend kind of thing yes yeah yeah <laughs> okay now you take your index finger and your middle finger and you put it under like this Now you have to imagine that she's incredibly light, like she's made out of air. Now, is that her whole body or just her head? Cow. <laughs> you guys, come on, concentrate or it's not going to work. I think I sprained my finger. <laughs> Shut up! Focus! Come on, you guys, come on, ready? Light as a feather, stiff as a board. 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 It's not working. Oh. Shut up, you're gonna fall. How do I get down? Shh. <sighs> Who's got the instructions? Just keep concentrating. Amazing. I got clean towels for everyone. Ah! <laughs> oh my 
my butt. What, what's going on in here? Nothing. Why? Are you girls getting hot? No, Mom. <laughs> and and for it to come like true on screen like this, and it's a, I say a simple effect. I can't accomplish it, but it's not the crazy effects we see later. But it's a really cool effect, and and I I could see how a young person would be so drawn in by like, oh my god, if almost like. If I say the spell's hard enough, maybe I can be a witch too. Oh and, yeah, I, in this I kind of way. I don't, yeah, no, I, don't I definitely like tried light as a feather, stiff as a board. It did not work in the same way. Where I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I loved that scene, and like, like I think like the scene showing their friendship, like when they were just like sleep, like having sleepovers. I'm like, those are delightful, and I wish that there were just like more things like that. I mean, yeah, it's it's tricky. We already talked about it. Where I'm just like, yeah, more like nuanced positive depictions of like friendship with women would be nice where it's not like competitive and gross and toxic like i liked this time that scene where like uh, well they're on the beach right they're doing that whole yeah, all the beach scenes so good <laughs> circle thing um saying what they want and when like nancy at the end emerges walking on the ocean with those dead sharks. I'm like, for whatever reason, I didn't remember that. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? Like, what a depiction of power. I mean, I, I don't condone dead sharks, obviously, but it was something that I was uh, kind of mesmerized with on this watch. Before we talk about the last scene, though, any other scenes that really stuck out to you? I'm just going to say, I'm similarly, Brian, I had forgotten. Like, as, as I turned the movie on and started then like you know the memories came back of like songs and things like you know i and i'd forgotten that like it it got that that is such a like demonstrative scene of kind of where like nancy gets to with with all of this um and i'd forgotten as well and i was yeah i was like i'd forgot it was <laughs> yeah there there's an intensity to this movie that i had that i had forgotten oh yeah yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the intensity, too, is just, like, Feruza being, like, like, all caps in the best possible way. Like, the way that she just, like, does some of her line readings, they're so committed. I'm just like, yes, like, yeah. I love this. I like, love Kind her of like energy. a cartoon, but in a good way. In a, yeah, oh, yeah, such a good way. Like, she, this is kind of going back. There, There are some, like, really, like, horny line readings in this movie which i'm like wow yeah this really contributes to like the overall tone which is like gay but not gay where you're like i know this movie doesn't contain anything that's actually queer but like it has that strong aroma to it mm -hmm. and then like you know the same thing with like the intensity of like it's not an incredibly intense movie but then there are also scenes where you're like oh shit how many dead sharks were on that beach i didn't remember that that's pretty intense nancy fucking murders a dude and then gets 175 dollars and i mean i didn't uh, oh 175 000 sorry <laughs> like, still still she should have gotten still, more Okay. Should have gone more, and like to quote someone near and dear to my heart, it's like I didn't go to school for fucking math. But like, I don't, I don't know how her mom and her could have gone a condo with that money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I, something that really the math in this movie stuck out a little bit more. Where I'm like, yeah, oh. math is tough, but no, I agree. There's attraction is is palpable, like kind of throughout it, and like so there is like an undercurrent of. Like, this is a sexy movie. Yeah. Mm. 
for sure. That you wouldn't maybe as a parent agreeing to rent the movie would not have been aware of. Like, you know what I right. mean? Like it was oh, that yeah. or or they were, but like they weren't gonna talk about it. And so yeah. So like you felt like you were getting away with something a little bit. Sexy, oh, definitely. Which is yeah. always fun. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Love that. Yeah. It has has this energy. And again, it's not an energy I remembered. I remembered scenes. I remembered lines. I was trying to recount the plot before I watched the movie uh, yesterday. And I couldn't really do it. Like it was more like about moments. And this time, obviously, I saw it because I saw it watched the film right now. This time, the, the plot was a little bit more clear to me it's just the intensity I think is what I forgot. It, it, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to go into the movie and more watch like a catalog of like 1995 or 1996 goth culture. And, mm-hmm. and instead I got like, the, like I said, the intensity driven up to 11 and some things, which I'm not complaining yeah. about at all. I was just kind of I- impressed by on this watch. Did everything age well? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a scene that I feel like is the the embodiment of two, which I don't know if you count this like towards the end, but it's like the Chris Nancy scene towards the end. Spoilers, y'all. <laughs> it's something that like I feel like hasn't aged well, but also makes some really valid points. So it's very, huh? <laughs> I don't love this, but I'm also because like like Nancy's confrontation feels like a little muddled because you're like, okay, is she? going there to like fuck up this dude who like fucked up her friend or is she jealous and is going to get her a man and I'm just like I shouldn't be thinking the second one it should be the first one if we're doing like a clear you know like revenge but like I think the the dudes were just kind of like playing with that being like ladies be jealous of each other they want skeet you know and I'm just like (laughs) man I don't love that I don't think that aged well at all but then maybe it is just the acting but like Feruza's like acting in that whole scene is just beautiful like all these like moments that are in her face and like you see this like real anguish and vulnerability but then also like pure rage and you're just mm-hmm. like holy goddamn shit and then like her calling him out being like you know you treat like you're the whore and I'm like yeah he is he's the worst like fuck this guy like you know <laughs> you shouldn't treat women like this so yeah I think he got what he deserved like I don't think yeah, like they tried to be like, oh, there was good in him. I'm like, no, there wasn't. <laughs> he got what he deserved. Like Nancy was right about that. But like the the intro to that was sort of, like the, the house party is really iconic. I love her oh, yeah. entrance oh, yeah. to that where I'm just like, yes. I just wish she didn't have the like weird seduction thing where I'm like, no, what's the point? I love a good house party in a film. But Aizen, what were your thoughts on this scene? Because this is an often talked about scene, especially today. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think muddled is a good word for it. Yeah, I think doing it over again, hopefully, like they would have made that clear and it wouldn't have had to have that sort of the twinge of the jealousy idea. It's tough. It is tough in that I I don't like like retaliatory violence. That's not helpful. Not the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it and and in the context of this, it it feels really good. And for her character, like that has worked in the past, right? That that like she is in in from her perspective, like she's helping the universe balance things back out, and that mm. she deserves things, and, and that she is sort of carrying out justice. And so I 
like I believe it from her character's perspective. Yeah, I agree. We could take the sort of seduction piece and I don't know, like, yeah, any, I don't know. Yeah, it's not my, it's not my favorite part. Yeah. Oh yeah, same. To be clear, this is not my favorite scene. Yeah. (laughs) But just something that like stuck with me that I was like, yeah, like both good and bad, like right, like aged well and didn't age well in one single scene right there. Yeah. And and it can um, it seems like as it's portrayed, like yeah, re- revenge can can feel good, whether it's sort of right or wrong kind of thing. Mm. And again, I'm a big fan of accountability, yeah, not retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's yeah, there's I think the sort of threat of sexual violence and and the ways in which they deal with or don't deal with the suicidality pieces like those are two that I would love to have been there to be like okay let's clean these up a little bit like we could yeah. do this differently you know yeah um, and 1996 like it it makes sense the way it all came out right oh yeah definitely yeah agreed I would love for them to like clean up those elements or like you know if they want to like address racism in like you know more nuanced ways to like great because you know absolutely yeah i'm nice. sure it wasn't only like the overt comments of that one person right well also you know? the coach should have just been like hey shut the fuck up like right. like that's not yeah that's not do okay. your job coach like man <laughs> i think also the a part that's a little cringy is like most of breckenmeyer's lines and i i think you could still <laughs> oh, have yeah. that character i think you could still have that character be insulting without it being so so misogynistic so disgusting yeah yeah no agreed I mean I think that like like as an actor I think what kind of works about him is that he has this like he has this sort of like spritish like rascally yeah (laughs) a a boyish charm yeah Yeah. (laughs) like because like I love him in Clueless so like maybe that's just like Clueless like covering all that over but I'm just like like his character yeah really misogynistic and gross so it's like you either gotta like take out that part and just like kind of keep the rascal energy or (laughs) if you have that in it needs to be framed in a like dude this is gross like cast like a miles teller who like doesn't have a charm about him but also don't pay him money so like don't pay him money cast him and just throw a like a (laughs) seven-year-old If he was alive in 1996, I'm just picturing like oh boy, kindergarten Miles Teller would have been the same height, right? Oh shit! I mean, hot take though. I'm sure he was still terrible at seven. Oh, stop! <laughs> oh my god. So, so, Iceland, I'm sensing a lot of light energy from you, and like anti this kind of revenge. And Jenny, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of dark energy from you, like just oh, revenge, kill people. So. <laughs> If, if we're on different sides of the witching <laughs> uh, circle or whatever, I know your contempt for Miles Teller, Jenny. <laughs> this is true, yeah. <laughs> Any anything anything we should mention in this final big fight scene? I mean, the snakes and bugs and shit—that was real gross. Yeah. So like that always like every single time it's like I'm prepared for it, but I'm never prepared for it, and I'm just like oh I hate this (laughs) so like good on them for really just tapping into that like gross creepy legitimately upsetting also 
little mini tangent, but it's funny that this movie contains the least terrible Jenny in fiction because the stepmom is named Jenny and she just never shows up again. <laughs> she's the least terrible Jenny in fiction. So I'm like, wow, good, good for her. Just being in that one scene in the beginning and then never showing up again. And then just being like vaguely mentioned, being like on a plane with, you know, her dad. And it's like, you know, I had to look up that her name was Jenny. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I don't know this legacy of terrible Jennies. Well, um, it's like you've got Jenny Schechter from the L Word, who is like okay. objectively yep. just trash. Um, you've got like, <laughs> you've got Forrest Gump. That classic Jenny. Jenny yeah. Classic Jenny. Just like tortures America's dad, Tom Hanks. And I'm just like, wow. And like, she gets AIDS in that movie. And like... Crazy shit, Forrest Gump. Oh, I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's wild. They're like, she played guitar naked once on stage, and now she has AIDS. And I'm like, I don't know if that's how AIDS works, movie. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like those two right off the top, where I'm just like, wow, real, real pieces of garbage. They're not. I haven't encountered a good Jenny in fiction, except for now the stepmom who just was there to be like, this is a nice house because it is a nice house. And then she left. I'm not a Forrest Gump apologist. I, I guess I hadn't put together the like naked guitar and AIDS. <laughs> I got it more from like the drug culture. That yeah, she that's what I is. thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have know. always wondered, did, does Forrest Gump have HIV? Is he HIV positive? Like, because that's never addressed. Yeah, Neither is her there. Yeah, I'm going to continue no. to think about Jenny's. And I thank you for that. Because I just, I didn't yeah. know that legacy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was like the drugs and not, but like, I feel like it's just weird. The movie sets up like, there's a morality a guitar thing, yeah, on sure. stage leads you to drugs. Therefore you get AIDS. And there I'm like, go. I don't think that's the exact path, but like, I also yes. haven't seen Forrest Gump in years. Because I really hate every single time, like, some some cishet bro on Tinder thinks that they're clever and being like, run forest. And I'm like, yeah, oh, from your I've name heard that before oh, no. so many times. Oh, I'm so clever. I like, never even thought about that once. <laughs> so yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. If you know Jenny's like, like PSA for anyone who knows a Jenny, at least have the decency to reference Jenny in the block instead. You know, like Jenny from the block. Be like, all right, JLo. Like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, and, and there's, there's no need to get into it. I, I have the opposite problem, right? Like I don't, I don't carry a burden of cliches with my name. It's just that no one knows how to say it or pronounce it. So, mm, and, yeah. and there is, there are none, right? There's no keychains. Yeah. There's no, mugs there's no whatever so so i you know we have uh our teeter-totter is balanced yeah (laughs) i agree with like the the various um upsetting imagery that i I just i wonder and this is another time where i wish we had someone for whom this movie was new of like is it because that did scare me as a youth Mm. when i saw it that now it still does that again or like because this movie is from 1996, if I saw it with fresh eyes, I would be like, oh, cheesy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. And I, I remember also being very affected by, by Sarah bleeding, like by, mm. by the glamour of Nancy making yeah. look like Sarah, she was bleeding again. I remember that being really evocative when I was, when I was young. 
So yeah, that was the, the, again, this intensity that kind yeah. of, kind of creeps up in this one that, and yeah, I mean, poor Nancy, I don't, I don't know that that facility was the right place, but also no. is that really, I mean, that's kind of, is that really what happened or is that Sarah's perception of, mm. of where Nancy ended up? Oh, interesting. I haven't thought of that. If you do believe that she's in the sequel, you'll find out. I'm so excited to find yes. out. Temper your expectations. <laughs> that way. Um, something you mentioned, Island, that I don't want to forget about. Something you texted me about uh, that I think we mentioned a little, but the the ADR work here and the overall effects. Because the, it's not that the effects are bad, but there's a lot of ADR, and I can't figure out why. Yeah. It was must have been very windy if they were actually outside of her, because yeah, particularly like the rooftop was real tough. Mm. And mm. then even, but even some of the classroom stuff the just seems like, yeah. why, what yeah. was the, what was the problem there <laughs> that made them have to do so much? Cause, and I think that's just, that's also just a pet peeve of mine mm. um, is I obvious ADR is tough for me to stop yeah. focusing on. Yeah. So I hadn't watched it when you had texted me. And it definitely colored my watch of it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got to oh, stop no, doing that. It's, it's, not in a bad, it's not in a bad way at all. But I was like, oh, there you go again. Mm. There you go again. And you're right. A lot of the outdoor scenes, but the school scenes as well. <laughs> we we kind of talked about that coda at the end where Sarah reveals that she still has power to the two others. <laughs> One thing I did laugh at on this watch, they kind of like say, oh, you know, that whole plane crash thing was a joke, right? Like as if. For, we see the dad, and it's almost it came off to me like as if they were going to remind us, like, "Hey, it was all fake." Right. And they're telling they're telling you as well, like, "Oh, you know what I mean." They it's, really wanted the audience to know that they didn't kill the parents, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Which 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 is silly, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, whatever. I was amped up after watching this movie. I was like, "Yeah." Like I, yeah. I don't know what it is. There was something about it. Like I was really excited and watching, excited watching it again. It's a perfect no, but I'm curious to hear your grades. But before the grades, of course, we have questions on High School Slumber Party that we ask every week. So first one is, who was this movie made for? What was its targeted audience in 1996? Angsty teens. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And they knew their audience, and I think they got their audience most likely to succeed. Which character comes out on top? Which character won this movie? Sarah. Yeah, I mean, Sarah's like... It's a pretty obvious one here, she right? Got, yeah. you know, she had this friendship. <laughs> she had this adventure. She's empowered. She's a witch. And I think, you know, Sarah from the first day versus the last day, like, yeah. In terms of success. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wooderson Award. Is there a character in the film that you would have liked to have seen more of? I mean, yeah, I guess, like, I'm always here for, like, a little bit more Rochelle, where I'm just like, more Rochelle. Yes, give Rachel True something to do. That's a slogan I just made up, I guess, because rhyming <laughs> does. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like seeing more of her character would have been cool. Or, yeah, just, like, I love the main four, so, but her, she's my pick. How about you, Aislinn? Yeah, I certainly, I, I don't argue with that, I think, for sure. More Rochelle in the film and in the press and yep. included in the cast and all that. <laughs> yes. Just, justice for uh, Rachel True. 
Right. I don't know if she likes basset hounds, but like, can someone send her like a couple of basset hounds or like, like just a puppy to snuggle and just be like, here, have a nice puppy to snuggle. Sorry that these people were racist shitheads. How can we make this up to you? <laughs> like, it, it might be a start. Yeah, as a start, not as a solution. <laughs> no, no, yes. I, think. <laughs> I agree with the Rachel True thing 100%. The character who I was very curious about this time that I didn't really remember either was the woman who worked at the magic store. I'm like, what's her oh, history? Oh, yeah. yeah. She's kind of like a little grifty, <laughs> like in my opinion. Because I'm like, why were the, like the pricing in the books didn't really make sense to me. And like, I feel like she like overcharged Sarah, but didn't charge Nancy that much. And I'm just like, what's your pricing? The like ring thing, like her being like, oh, that ring must have been from your mother. I'm like, oh, what a good guest, sweetie. Congratulations. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, I'm just like, yeah, she just seemed like a little suspect. I know the movie was not trying to like present her that way but for me and my my perspective and skepticism I'm like I don't trust this lady so. <laughs> I just was I just again wanted to know what her, her background was in terms of like was she pulling the strings or was she just mm. someone who who was just like owned a bookstore and really didn't even you know didn't yeah. have any any magical abilities yeah more explanation <laughs> I agree <laughs> like a little bit more about her probably would have been good long duck dong award is there a character whose omission would make the film better so so here this is tough this so this is where i think a a nice script doctoring of the lines breckenmeyer had mm. so that they weren't so gross and offensive so i, I don't know it, it's tough for me to say he shouldn't have been in the movie because i found him delightful yeah because he is a charming and 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 Chris has to have those other gross friends. Oh yeah, the gross so, friends add to authenticity. Like so, I, I don't think it would have it would have made my watching of the movie more enjoyable to change his lines or to mute him. Mm. But I understand the purpose of it for the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I like that one. I like that one. How about you, Jenny? I mean, character? I'd have to agree or be controversial and say that like. I think every character was essential, but I think there had to be some like script doctoring or just making things like a little cleaner and being like, you know, like keep all the characters, but just like adjust their screen time or adjust the lines, you know, like maybe not, not being at like a full 11 with like the misogynistic douchebaggery, like maybe take it down to like a five or just like a little bit, tone it down, but like still have it there, but just like, not as bad. I don't know. So yeah, I'd say no one, you know. Fair enough. Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, them. <laughs> this is definitely an, an upcasted movie where this, Yeah, this is, this is a, a yeah. but it fit for me with like 90s high school. Oh, totally. Movies, right? Like, so it, it, it worked within my understanding of what the portrayal of high school students in the 90s was like so yeah it didn't bother me that yeah they were all very much out of high school oh yeah totally I mean I don't think there was anyone who was like Ben Platt dear Evan Hansen being like ben just you know looking looking a hard 40 and being like oh someone's never met moisturizer introduce this man to Sarah Vey. oh my god so like no one was that but I would agree that like 
no one was high school looking like in real life it was very much like oh these are all like you know like mid to late 20s yes it's it's hollywood high school yeah i agree i agree so this is this film is the definition of a cult classic where it was pretty popular when it came out but it definitely didn't get the critical love um 57 percent by the critics in Rot- on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% by the audience. Letterboxd, however, where our film nerds reside, 3.5 out of 5, which is a pretty decent score on Letterboxd. Uh, but of course, we're throwing all that out here on High School Slumber Party. We grade on the report card system, A plus to F scale. Aislinn, I'll hand you the manila card and the red pen first. A plus to F, what will you grade the craft? I will, I will give it a B. Solid B. Um, I I think there are there's it's still quite enjoyable, um, but particularly for kind of the in my sort of beginning comments around like dethroning women who get too much power and then like, I mean I want to give it an F for the treatment of Rachel True, um, mm. so like I'm. I'm kind of taking that out of the grade for the moment, which is maybe not fair to do, but, um, but yeah, if I'm just looking at the movie itself, I would give it a B. How about you, Jenny? I mean, yeah, like, I think that for me, I'd give it, see, it's hard. Cause like, I want to just add the cheeky little plus for the fashions because I love the fashions so much that I'm just like, oh, those fashions are so good. They deserve credit you know, the costume person on that movie, I'm just like, well done. So it's like, I am going to give it a cheeky little plus for the fashion. I would definitely, if I could get request two separate Nilla cards, it's like treatment of Rachel True, that gets an F. That's just like failure right there. Movie itself, I'm going to give it a B plus, you know, plus for the fashion. But like, like what you were saying, it is a little... It's a little icky thinking about, you know, the ways that, like, the film is, like, dethroning, like, these young women who gain a bit of power and are trying to, like, navigate the concept of freedom and self-fulfillment in a patriarchal society. And it's just, like, I don't want to see that. I want to see them get power and own it and have it and just be free and, like, fuck it. So, yeah, I, I think just with craft remakes I haven't seen the new one I really hope that they like actually have like a little bit more of like joy and freedom and power and aren't just like oh you got too much and now you gotta going yep bye (laughs) can't be too much like well I I gave it a b plus as well Uh, but I'll be honest with you I was teetering on the a minus I agree with all the negative stuff for sure but I realized that the legacy of this movie, no pun intended, because that's the title of the sequel, but the legacy of this movie almost is bigger and more important than the film itself. Just the fashion and how people talk about it of a certain certain generation and how it makes people feel. Like, I can't give it anything lower mm. than a B plus. As yeah. a film, it's definitely not B plus worthy. Like, definitely mm. not. But it's just, again, so impactful. And so many people I know and I like and respect like the film or have been influenced by the film in positive ways so that's why i landed on b yes i mean i gotta request a third manila card i know getting (laughs) getting drunk off power with these manila cards but i said it earlier on i'll say it again feruza balk 
should have won an Oscar. I'm like, <laughs> she should have won an Oscar for Nancy. Oh my God. So like she gets like an A plus. Like I'm like, that's golden. And you know, I would have loved it if her character got like a Zuko redemption arc. Like maybe that will be the the sequel. I don't know if you watch airbender but i'm just like i love that redemption arc i'm a cliche where i'm like yes but it, yeah that's that's true like it, it does have a legacy where it's like images that just live in your head and you're like i hate for me i hate the smiths but how soon is now i can forgive as a song because of the craft that's the power <laughs> of the craft like still fuck morrissey he's absolute trash and is a racist piece of shit but like the craft excellent that song yes you know it's got cred <laughs> the music of the film the fashion of the film the feel of this film all should influence our next question because that's of course our high school slumber party sleeping bag question jenny you go first on this one if we're all together mm-hmm. at our slumber party our craft slumber party the craft slumber party which i'm sure is probably one of the biggest most watched slumber party movies in history um what does your sleeping bag look like Ooh, okay. Um, well, let's see. I'd wanted to say we are the weirdos, mister. Like, I want it to be real, real goth. And like, um, so it's obviously it's got to be black. Like, going, going for some, like, again, Nancy, just like shout outs to Nancy with like all of her like jeweled crosses. So like, I'd want some like bejeweled crosses on it. And like, just like, yeah, like other, other fanciful, like, like maybe like a black plaid like a really dark black plaid because there is a lot of good plaid in that movie and I'm just like yeah so like dark black plaid we are the weirdos mister like some like black rosary chains and like maybe a pvc detail if I'm feeling extra like ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. but yeah I think that's all my fabrics yeah <laughs> yeah that's my that's my pick there <laughs> how about you Iceland? i think i would um you mentioned the sort of iconic rain and of course like that the poster i think the the lightning strike Ooh. of the poster i think would be a nice sleeping bag motif and then maybe on the back would be more of you know um they are out in nature a couple of times the beach but also kind of in a wooded area to do some of their rituals and so i think a, a very naturey themed with a striking no pun intended um front and a more or maybe the inside is more just kind of gentle nature Ooh, i like that i like that powerful and vulnerable Ooh, i like that i'm gonna go simple i'm gonna go just inside is the catholic school plaid and outside is the pvc like that just Ooh, there it is yes <laughs> i don't is that gonna breathe Probably not. It'll no. probably be very warm. <laughs> but, it's, but we're making sacrifices for fashion. That's Amen. what we do here. Amen. Uh, school slumber party. Um, all right. Uh, I'm just curious now. I'm curious of where, you, where your brainwaves are going with these. So we are in the magical blockbuster that has every every movie that has ever existed. We get to the front camera. We see a sign that says rent two movies. Get one free. And... Let's do two separate lists. So Iceland two picks, Jenny two picks. I know I'm throwing that at you, but I want a lot of picks this week. So so I think it's not a surprise, likely, that I uh, I would pair this with Empire Records because it's my 
the other kind of iconic for me in that era, Robin Tunney, and just also has, I don't know, I feel like the cast of both of these movies probably hung out at some point, right? Mm. Like it's all, we're all in the movies in the 90s. And then to fast forward to then kind of a, a very different portrayal of high school female friendship, I would put Booksmart in there. Nice. Not not witches, and yet aren't we all still like yes, twenty twenty witches. <laughs> <laughs> I love those picks. That's great. How about you, Jenny? Okay. Well, I have not seen this movie, so this is like you mentioned Nowhere by Greg Araki, and I do like him as a director, but I haven't seen it. I know it's got you know my boo Rachel, so I'm like let's yeah let's support Rachel and like put one of her movies there, but then also. Mentioning witches, I think like the worst witch, which has Feruza in it and Tim Curry, that would be my other pick because that movie is a delight. Like the it's very witch. underrated. I've never seen that one. Oh, it's great. High recommend checking it out. <laughs> I mean, both high recommend and high recommend. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> the worst witch, interesting. Those are awesome picks. Ooh, can't wait to. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I'm just reading about the worst witch right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, take it in. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, this was awesome. Thank you for being a part of my coven today. We, mm. Maybe maybe we'll find our fourth one day. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, this was great. Really appreciate it. Uh, first, Jenny, where can people follow you, find you, or whatever you want to say before we get out of here? Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jenny.O'Connell. That's my professional one. There's also, you know, Jenny and the Bets XO, which is like my more like, you know, memes, just lots of memes. So (laughs) you got those two. I'm trying to think of like what else I'd want to say, because I haven't haven't thought of like where what corner I would want to call for this movie where I'm just like, ooh. (laughs) But yeah, I guess I'd probably want to call like, I forget which one was for water, but I'm like, yeah, the water one. (laughs) Uh, And Iceland, of course, will be back in a couple days talking about the craft legacy, which Mm. I saw once again in my very famous 2020 watch every teen movie rewatch. Very curious your thoughts on it, and especially watching these two back to back. So you can find both of us on High School Slumber Party AP in a couple of days on this feed. But Aislinn, you do have an Instagram now. I'm not sure if you uh, accepted me back. I tried to friend you. Oh, but... God. I don't know how it works, honestly. <laughs> oh, um, no. So if I, yes, if I, if I am doing anything wrong, I do apologize. I don't know. Let's, let's look. Um, so, yes, I have an Instagram um, that's new and I don't know how to use it at um, Aislinn.Ruth. And then I am Sassy Nerd MT on Twitter. And if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you can check out other podcasts I'm on, The Contenders, as well as Why Aren't We All, both on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Uh, you can't see what the screen says, but it's it says that I've requested to follow you. And the account is private, so I've not been given the permissions. So where that. where do I'm so sorry? This is like now now it oh, is no. elderly millennial talk time. Where in my little 
I don't. How do actually, I get to that? I don't actually remember. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I requested you too, so. Oh, oh, so there's a list somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it should just like pop up with your like in the little heart. Yeah, I requested you from my my shit post account because that's the one I'm logged into. The memes. There's a, Oops, a quality. Yep, there's there's a list, y'all. I am so oh. sorry. <laughs> Uh, well if you get to my page you will be rewarded with a video of yeah uh there's a frog playing mr Brightside. so that's the kind of content that you can expect on that one y'all there's a lot that i just haven't known where they were Uh, oh no slumbers if you can see Island scrolling this phone right now it's a significant scroll here so so why don't you uh take the time do do your homework and start accepting your friends on instagram Iceland, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, of course, when we talk The Craft yeah. Legacy, and Jenny, I'll talk oh, to you when yeah, I talk to you soon. Yeah, and it was nice meeting you, Iceland. Oh, I know something that I'll do, because I've already mentioned this to Brian, but I have unlocked a level of gay of making your Zodiac, like your your chart, into drag race contestants. So I'm a Ooh, Katia fun. Sun, Asia O'Hara Moon, <gasps> Vendela Creme Rising. <laughs> that is amazing. Right? I think it should catch on a little bit more. I know that like RuPaul's like problematic, but I love drag queens. So I'm just Indeed, like, I can rip my well. love of drag queens from my cold dead hands, you know? If I like, yeah. if I send you um, via Instagram my three things, can you make mine? <gasps> yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, I'm confirming like lifelong friends here that have just been sitting here. <laughs> ay ay ay. That was a great episode, a really, really fun episode. Iceland learning Instagram has been one of my favorite segments this year. So <laughs> another another good lesson in that and another great chance to catch up with both Iceland and Jenny. Guess what? Homework. Iceland will be here on Monday for a special mid-month Halloween AP episode. And I'm going to keep this brief because this is really a continuation. If you weren't paying attention... Maybe you don't know, but I'm sure you were. And you know, on Monday, we're going to talk the sequel. We're going to talk The Craft Legacy. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Okay. All right, let's do this. I know it feels fast, but it's nice, isn't it? Come on in to meet the boys. They're really excited to meet you. How are you feeling about school? You can meet some new friends. I know why the caged bird sings. Um, wow, that is super nasty. Oh. All right, enough. Settle down. Hey, it happens to everyone. He's made us all cry at one point or another. You should come over after school. all this this is a ceremony to celebrate you why would you celebrate me because you're out fourth just in time for first period this is all just a little crazy half the battle of having powers is believing you do that's why covens have always been important we can do that, but I'll 
We need to put a spell on Timmy. We don't want to hurt him, though, right? She's right. The number one rule of the craft. If a person is a danger to herself or others, they will be bound. I'm starting to get a little worried. Sorry, I was just hanging out with my friends. Oh, we've gone too far. Was this just like some game to you? I feel different. Be careful. A lot of weirdos out here. We are the weirdos, mister. So that's your homework. Watch The Craft Legacy. Listen to Aislinn and I talk about it on Monday. Also, once again, catch up on all my other guest appearances on the Cage Club Podcast Network, especially Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, which is dropping this week. Can't wait for that episode. That was so fun to record. But I'm going to leave it brief. Let's get out of here. I have a very special place I'm about to head to that I'll share with you guys either Monday or nah, more likely next Friday. But I'm really, really excited for this. One more thing, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you can miss it. Let's take it away with a song that Jenny mentioned. The Smiths, How Soon Is Now, off the Craft soundtrack. Later, dudes. It's over. Go home. Go.